Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode of Low Season Traveller Insider Guides. I'm your host, Kate Burgess. We are joined again today by Caroline Hall Blomstrand to discuss the best way to experience Sami culture and the delicacies of Northern Norway. Being cold and dark for half of the year, Norway are the kings and queens of preserving fresh food and making it delicious for all year round. Lamb, fish, pork, potatoes, a lot of potatoes, whatever you're looking for in Norway, they have put their own delicious spin on it. Here's the episode, hope you enjoy. Hi, Caroline. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Kate. Thank you for having me again. I'm super excited to be back. Yeah, I'm really excited to be talking about Norwegian food today. It's oh my favorite subject. I get chills. Um, but one thing I did want to cover as well before we dive into all of the traditional dishes is that one thing that makes Northern Norway so rich in culture is the Sami people. And even though Sami people do live across four countries, half of them do live in Norway. And many don't live in sort of Sami lands anymore and have migrated to larger cities in northern Norway, but their culture is still thriving. What is your recommendation to a visitor if they want to experience Sami culture? So the Sami are, at the moment, as you said, they have definitely become a modern gone away from more of the traditional lifestyle to a more modern lifestyle but there are still uh, plenty of places to go to if you want to experience their more traditional um, the more traditional Sami culture and and that's really far up north in Finnmark Um, that's where the the largest population of the Sami uh, people live and that's also where they have their large reindeer herds and Yes, and I would say that's where the, the more traditional life probably exists. So game is very popular in northern Norway and, you know, rolling back Sami culture has often herded reindeer. Could you give us a typical dish to try that is with elk and one with reindeer? I would say that, and this goes for both, but you can make a really, really good stew with elk and reindeer and that's just really potatoes and steak from from elk or reindeer and then a lot of good vegetables and sauce and you just mix it into a really really good stew that's super super popular and very common in all of norway so uh I mean, both both meats are very, very good to eat uh, just, I mean, by itself as well, just as a steak. It's delicious. I mean, my favorite, my favorite, my personal favorite is elk. It is so good. And you pretty much only get it during the fall. So from around like September, I think that's like the hunting season of, of elk. Mm-hmm. Um it's so interesting and they make mince out of it and yeah you can have it in your spaghetti (laughs) it's great (laughs) so i know that norwegians are serious about their christmas traditions especially the food that they eat what are you guys having on christmas day what what are you making what are your parents making is there any traditions around the food what is it so we have 
three, I'd say three or four different dishes that's very common to eat in all of Norway. And on Christmas Eve, which is the day we actually celebrate Christmas on the 24th of December, um, we have either pinnachet, which is from lamb, the ribs of the lamb, uh, which are salted and a bit dried and then, um, and then cooked. Really, really, really delicious. Served with potatoes. There's always potatoes. We eat so much potatoes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then there's the uh, ribbe, which is the ribs of um, pork. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, the ribs, you, you can imagine yourself. They're so juicy. Um, that's also a big, big must for someone uh, anywhere from Norway. And also served with potatoes and and delicious sauce and yeah, it's uh, it's very wholesome. And then we have another dish that's not very common outside of Norway, which is called lutefisk, which is it's cod that's been dried, but then mm-hmm. it's been then it's been watered out for days, so it has this consistency that's a bit like jelly. But okay. I don't want you to, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. So the fish kind of gets a bit of like a jelly consistency, but it's so good. Like it, if you, if they serve it right, like it has to be served correctly. And then you have to have a lot of different um, ingredients with it. Uh, you have to have mustard. Uh, some actually serve it with brown cheese, bacon, potatoes, sauce. Like, oh, it's so nice. And then the last dish is actually just plain cod, cod filet. A lot of people eat that as well for Christmas. So um, cod with, uh, with a hollandaise sauce or potatoes or, yeah, it's, uh, it's so nice. But my dish, my personal favorite dish is the pinnish at the lamb. The lamb is for me is, is essential for, for Christmas. Actually, I have to put in turkey. Turkey is actually also becoming very popular. Oh, really? Is that like a new thing that you think has been brought in by sort of American culture a little bit? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I think it started out as a New Year's Eve dish. And then uh, a lot of people are adapting it as, a, as well as a Christmas dish. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Interesting. So as you mentioned, mm. you mentioned the lamb there. So up in, you know, the untouched nature, rolling hills, clearing running water up in the mountains, the lamb are grazing and not only is lamb good for keeping the vegetation in check but pure grazing free-range lamb makes very very good food and I know that and please forgive my pronunciation that fenelar is now a geographically protected name which is for the slow cured lamb legs what is this lamb leg like and other than the Christmas do you guys eat lamb in different ways Mm. Uh, so fenalor is, as you said, it's the leg of the lamb. It is basically, uh, it's dried, dried meat, um, which you, you hang it up. Uh, first, first you have to put it in salt, like a salt lake, like a salt water. And, uh, and then you hang it up for a bit of a time to dry. And so it hasn't been cooked in any way. Uh, and it tastes amazing it's so good like you eat it with uh this flatbread um Mm. and sour cream 
and oh. that's it that's all you need that's all you need and it has this uh it's very very salty naturally but the 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 taste of it is something you'll never forget and it's a must for a lot of people during the christmas season uh especially for me <laughs> so uh i'm really sad actually because um I'm pregnant. I can't actually eat that meat uh, during no. this Christmas season. Yes. <laughs> Is that because it's, of the uh, salt? Uh, you have to eat uh, cooked meats while you're pregnant. You can't eat right. uh, cooked meats. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I'm going to miss it uh, definitely. But it's, uh, it's absolutely legendary. And then actually our national dish in Norway is called forikol which is also lamb, but that's, um, that's just um, lamb meat cooked for hours with kol, uh, which I have to Google real quick uh, in English. It's actually, oh, it's cabbage. It's cabbage. Cabbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's lamb and cabbage. So uh, you put it in, um, uh, not in a pan, help me, in a Yes. Well, anyways, you cook it for hours with mm -hmm. uh, cabbage and lamb and just like big peppers and mm -hmm. like the, the black pepper mm -hmm. and, uh, and you just let it stay and you get this, uh, this broth from it. That's just amazing. And, uh, and you can eat it for days after it's still delicious. It actually gets better like the day after. And then you eat it with potatoes. So the potatoes again. <laughs> More potatoes. Can't forget them. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so uh, we've lived on potatoes for a long time in Norway. <laughs> That's for sure. And, but yeah, so lamb is really, really important in Norway. So as you mentioned uh, in our last podcast, and if you haven't listened, go back. It's all about things to do in Norway. You have one of the world's longest coastlines. And so obviously some of the seafood that you're going to get, and as you previously mentioned, you have a lot of salted cod, is going to be just so wonderfully fresh. So what are some of your favorite Norwegian seafood dishes that people can try? I would say um, this might be a bit frowned upon, but the whale is very, very mm -hmm. popular here. Uh, I mean, in Norway, it is actually allowed to hunt whale. Mm -hmm. So, but just a specific whale, the sperm whale. So, um, the, the the whale is a very, very, very good meat. It's um, it doesn't contain any fat, so it's uh, it's just uh, really, really like like um, red meat with no fat. So mm. you just cook it as a steak. And you can just eat it with the flatbread and sour cream as the family the lot, actually. And it's very nice. But, of course, then there's all the, the fish. And from uh, February to April, we have our cod season in Norway, which is when the cod lays eggs. So uh. it's, uh, yeah. So that's uh, the most popular time to come for fishers is, uh, is during uh, those months. And... And you actually eat, the, you, you boil a cod and then you eat the liver and the eggs, the caviar that the, uh, the, the cod produces. And that's also really, really good. Wow. It's something that, I mean, it, it might sound a bit weird to eat like the liver as well, but if you just combine it, all those three ingredients, it's so good. Um, and then I'd say that just... Um, 
what do you call it? The, the dried stockfish, or the dried, mm -hmm. uh, the dried cod, the stockfish. You can also um, cook that and uh, not like the lutefisk. If you just put it in water for just a bit shorter time and you cook it, it's called buknafisk. So it has many different terms in, in, um, in terms of, of how long you actually put it in water. But ah. that as well with bacon. Bacon is very central. <laughs> bacon and fish goes really well together. <laughs> and, I think I've uh, eaten and bacon and fish before. That's a great mix. I imagine you, obviously you're getting a lot of the fat from the bacon, which is flavoring the fish. Yeah. Yum. Yeah, it's very yummy and salty. And we really love just salty food here in Norway. It's it's like you know we're not really used with the spice. Um, like uh, back in the days, like the only uh, the only spice we had was salt. So ah. we're, we're very much used to like just using a lot of salt in our food. Um, so like we love well, salt to, like, is preserving. So yeah, it's great to keep your your food fresh all year round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for both just like meat and and fish. So, uh, yeah, and then we, the third, the, or fourth dish, I don't know how many I've mentioned, but shrimp. Shrimp is really, really good here. Um, mm, my favorite. Yes, the shrimp. Yes, the shrimp. <laughs> and the shrimp season is really big during, um, let's say, from spring to summer. And the shrimp from Lingen, which is uh, up by Trumse, as I mentioned in the last podcast, those are like, they, they're so huge and you just eat it with loaf, like a piece of loaf and mayo and a bit of lemon. And yeah, that's all you need for a delicious dish. And then white wine, of course. So. I personally believe that's the only way that you should eat shrimp when people deep fry it and everything. It, it makes me, it makes me sad because when you just have a big <laughs> shrimp that's so beautiful and fresh, it should be treated with respect, lemon, yes. mayo and bread. Mm, beautiful Caroline you are really speaking my language here <laughs> <laughs> yes so the cheese slicer is one of the most prominent inventions to come out of Norway so obviously cheese is a massive part of your food culture and I know that Norway's most famous cheese and again please forgive my pronunciation is the brunost which is a brown cheese which I know mm. actually won best cheese back in 2018 at the World Cheese Awards in Bergen. So would you? Oh be wow! Able to, yeah, we well, didn't know that. There you go. I can teach you about Norwegian <laughs> cheese. <laughs> um, so could you That's tell so cool. our listeners what is brown cheese, and are there other cheeses that you think people should try when they come visit Northern Norway? Mm. Well, the funny thing with brown cheese is it's. Um, it's usually made from goat milk and there's a lot of different cheeses that are produced up in Norway uh, that's made from goat, not cow. And, mm. um, and, and this brown cheese, which it pretty much is just uh, goat cheese is um, uh, sometimes a mixture between goat and a bit of cow, just in case of the sweetness. But it has a taste of like chocolate or, or car caramel. Uh, it's, so it's brown, as you mentioned. And it is really, really delicious with just a toast of bread and butter. Sort of like Vegemite. Mm. It has a very like distinctive taste that you, you don't need a lot of extra things to put on your toast except that slice of cheese and a piece of um, or just some butter. 
So it's, uh, yeah, it's um, something that goes way back in our tradition of making. And um, the, the brown, the, the color of the brown is from the sugar. So it, it, that's why it has the look. So it, it's combined with the, the goat milk and the sugar. It, it gets this brown consist- or look. So, Yum. yes, that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Caroline, I'd just love to thank you again for being on this podcast. And while we still have you, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your role that you have at Scorgan, an incredible accommodation provider in Lofoten. Yeah, sure thing. So it's uh, pronounced Skorungen. Skorungen. <laughs> it's a difficult I, word. I'm not in going English. to try and redo that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got that letter from uh, from uh, the A with the the dot, uh, which you don't have in your alphabet. So that's why it's difficult. But you can imagine with double A instead, Skorungen. So it comes from uh, the word, or it's. Um, it's actually two different meanings. Has two different meanings. One of them is uh, the baby uh, seagull is called the skorunge, and we have a lot of seagull uh, on the coast of Norway, so that's a very common term. And then the other uh, the definition is actually from goes way back in history. It comes from the fishing boats when they used to hire. Like the, the youngest passengers that would be working uh, along with the fishermen will be called the skorunge because they were inexperienced and the newest members. And they would uh, not be earning any money the first year. They would only be there for, for their experience. And mm. at the end of the year, they would have to um, actually buy all of the other fishermen beer. And when they had done that, they were officially not a skorunge anymore. <laughs> and they ah, could start earning like money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, old tale, fisherman's tale. So, uh, yeah, so to talk about my job, I'm a sales and marketing manager at this uh, accommodation site called Skorungen, which is uh, sort of in the middle of Lofoten. It started up this year. Uh, which was pretty dramatic, started during Corona. Um, but we managed to get through the first months of Corona and had a really, really good summer season. Um, all the Norwegians traveled, well, it felt like they all traveled to Lofoten this summer. So it was really, really busy. And we actually managed to not get any uh, spread of, of Corona in all of, well, mostly all parts of Lofoten. Uh, which was really, really huge, even though we had uh, so much tourists coming from, from different parts of Norway. But mm. um, this um, accommodation site, it's sort of a, like a resort. It's got, you know, it's got a restaurant. It's got a small spa with a uh, jacuzzi and a sauna. It's got different activities where you can go rock climbing, you can go kayaking, you can go hiking just five minutes from our doorstep. It's a great place to uh, to visit when you're in Lofoten and also just a great place to just stay and have as a base camp and you can just go anywhere from there. And we provide uh, a really budget-friendly um, like huts, which is, were called pioneer huts. And they don't come with a bathroom, but they're like a, like a, like a spike tent or what do you call it? Like, a, yeah. They're really great oh, cool. for just people who want, yeah, they're great for people who just want to come in and explore Lofoten and be, and want it to be budget friendly. 
But we also have traditional cabins called Rurbuer, uh, which are a bit more luxurious, and hotel rooms, of course. So we have a bit of everything at Skorongen, and I feel really happy to get this job, especially during this year when it's been, yeah, difficult <laughs> during Corona times, of course. So, yeah. Yeah, well, us at Low Season Traveller feel your pain. You know, we launched only in June 2020 again in the middle of a pandemic, a travel <laughs> company opening up. So that's why we're here yeah. supporting each other and supporting each other's businesses. I think, you know, it's really important. So important. Yes. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. It has been just so much fun i have had a great time talking about norway and you know <laughs> i you know that i cannot wait to get there so thank you so much for being on i'm so excited to have you here in lofoten soon <laughs> <laughs> thank you kate thank you for having me thank you bye thank you bye caroline you have left me salivating after that interview i have to get to norway for christmas ribs and fish I mean, what more could you want? Thank you again, Caroline, for joining us this week and teaching us about Northern Norway. Thank you for listening. If you have any feedback or destinations you would like to hear more about, message us on our social channels at Low Season Traveller. Keep your travel dreams alive and more now than ever, travel is better without the crowds.